online with Ammer the Internet Guy. Stream it today on your favorite podcast platforms. This podcast focuses on entrepreneurs and business owners, helping them become more successful in conducting their business on the web without being stuck with technology. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Online. Do you know sometimes when we discuss digital marketing or marketing in general, we talk about credibility. We talk about positioning yourself as the expert in your business. In some circles, they would tell you that publishing your own book with you as the real author would actually enhance your credibility and marketability. But that's not the only reason that some people could be exploring the idea of writing a book. Maybe you just want to share your wisdom and your experience with the world and you think that the book format is the best way to go and that's the best thing that your readers uh, or your prospect customers or the people you're trying to reach would prefer. So this idea for me was completely new and I wanted to learn more. I I interviewed uh, a great author, publisher and writing coach, Mr. Leandre Larouche. He's from Quebec, but I think he lives in Ontario. So without further ado, let's hear from Leandre. Hi guys, today I have a special guest, Mr. Leandre Larouche from Quebec. So I'm finally in Quebec. I think last time I reached up to Toronto and I stopped. So this time I went all the way east. So Leandre, please tell people like a little bit about who you are and what you do. For sure. So... I am a writer by profession. I I studied English literature and professional writing. So like you said, I'm from Quebec originally. And so my mother tongue is actually French. And so I started writing at at around age 15. And growing up, I was utterly obsessed with the English language. So I thought, you know, it'd be cool to be a writer, but it'd be even cooler to be a writer in English. And so I studied the English language obsessively. And so I started writing, writing in English. And um, when I was in university, I had the great opportunity to work as a writing assistant at the, at the writing center. So that allowed me to help hundreds of people with their writing. So whether for homework, uh, papers, or personal statements. Um, and so that really gave me the desire to, to help people with the writing. And that also made me notice how needed writing coaching and tutoring is. And so after university, I decided to become a writing coach. So using all the skills that I had developed and so to teach people how to write books. So I have uh, published a book myself in 2017. And so my, my goal in essence is really to teach people the fundamentals of writing to teach them good writing and make them realize that writing isn't as hard as, as we are, as we are told and as we're led to believe. And so really my, my purpose is to make writing simpler for most people, for the average person. So that's a little bit about who I am. Wow. So you're, you're, we're trying to convince people that writing is easy, right? (laughs) <laughs> exactly. And well, I mean, I, I show them that it is easy yeah. through frameworks through methods that I've that I've developed. I don't I don't expect people to to believe me when I say that it is easy. But uh, my, my goal is really to show them 
the ways of looking at writing that makes it that makes it easy. Nice. I I have like one million questions right now, so I need to <laughs> organize my thoughts so that our audience can get something out of this podcast. But um, the first thing is is like coaching about writing. I haven't met someone who does that. So it's basically you want to coach people to write better. Is that is that a true statement? Yes. <clears throat> the first thing that I that I coach people with is the mindset. So the the kind of mindset that you need to have in order to write. People have all sorts of blocks when it comes to writing. Sometimes they believe that our ideas their ideas aren't worth writing about, or that people wouldn't want to read them. Or sometimes people are just you know, they're confused and their ideas are messy in their mind. Mm. And so what I coach them to do, well, first thing to, to believe in their ideas and themselves. And then second, to take the chaos in their mind and put it on paper in a way that makes sense for the, for the reader, because that's really the first thing. If you can achieve that, if you can write with clarity, that's mm. already a great start. Now, I also help people write better, like stylistically. So I teach them, you know, what makes for good writing, what makes for bad writing. And so they can differentiate um, if they're writing, if they're writing well or not. But uh, so these are, these are the big things that I, that I help people with. Um, what kind of, um, I'm thinking like, how would someone know that they want to write? Like when, okay, think about your clients right now. When they contact you the first time, what do they say? Like how, what were they looking for? And then they found you. Yeah, most people that that become clients, when we meet, they are either trying to get started, but most of them, they are really just thinking about, they've had this idea for like, five, sometimes 10 years, or even more. A lot of the people that I work with, it's like they've known for almost their entire life that they have a book inside of them, but they've had these limiting beliefs mm. that made them either procrastinate or just not decide to do it. And then we'll meet and you know they, they'll learn about my philosophy and they, they'll see my content and they'll see how I approach writing and they start thinking, hey, I can actually, I can actually do this. That, so they just get this revelation, let's call it like uh, <clears throat> it's something in the back of my mind that I want to do, but I'm not sure where to start. Exactly. So the the revelation isn't that they want to write a book, most people. And it's like a lot of people yeah. think they want to write a book and a lot, of, a lot of people are serious about it and they just don't know how to do it. And you know, there, there, was, a, there was a statistic, I think it comes from the New York Times. It said that like 80% of American adults want to write a book, obviously about only one person does it. Yeah. But the revelation when, when, when we meet is more that they can actually do it and that with the right frameworks and the right methods and, and the right mentor, frankly, mm. you, they can actually do it, even though they believe that they weren't a writer or that, you know, their ideas weren't necessarily worth it. And so 
you know, I'll, I'll teach them things like, for example, it's like only the process can validate your ideas. People think you need like prior authorization from, mm. I don't know who to like, yeah. feel mm. like you have a right to write about X or Y ideas. And that's not the case at all. They think that, you know, they have to be someone either famous or they have to have like all of these things in order to have <laughs> a right to write. And they don't know if they can do it well. And I tell them, you know, the how is more important than the what. And so if you, yeah. if you work on the how, then it will validate the what. And so these are the kind of things that we, that we, that we talk about. And so that's what gives them the, the shifts in their thinking when it comes to writing. I'm interested to figure out why would anyone want to write a book? Um, I mean, I could think of two reasons, but probably there's 100 more than two. <laughs> I mean, One is to make money of the book itself, like sell the book. And, and just like, you know, um, but in general, I don't really think that the, the most successful writers write with profit as the goal. They actually write to share knowledge or. Yeah. I mean, there are only a, a handful of, of human needs, right? There's the, there's the need for recognition. There's the need for, um, there's the need for, uh, what is it? Recognition. Uh, there's a need for romance. There's a need for, you know, money, obviously status, you could say. And so, you know, some people do want to write books to make money. They're not the type of people that I generally work for. So I'm primarily interested in working with people on a project that will make them proud and that will mm. endure. And so the, the people that I work with, they're primarily driven by service, mission, and purpose. And really the reason that they want to write a book is to share the knowledge they have or the ideas or the expertise, and they want to create a legacy. So most of my clients at the moment, they're over, they're over 30, 35 years old. So they just, they have a wealth of knowledge and experiences and they know that they can impact mm -hmm. people with that. And they know that a book is a great medium because, you know, let's be honest, social media is great, but, you know, it disappears, you know, and books don't yeah. disappear. Um, books have been around for, for centuries and centuries and, you know, they just don't go away like, like social media. So it's just, it's a great form of self-expression that helps you to last. And if you do it right <clears throat> also, and that's what I really emphasize, if you go through the process correctly, it's a form of personal development and helps you mm clarify your thinking it helps you better understand your values what you stand for what you stand against and it creates a unity a unity in your life's work so there's tremendous value in the process in and of itself when it comes to the outcome it's really it's really legacy it's recognition um could be status and money as well perfect we have a guest my cat has decided to join us <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I was thinking yeah so in in um, as an example the majority of my audience are entrepreneurs and business owners and as an entrepreneur if you're researching marketing 
and looking around, you'd see many people saying that writing a book could be one of the strategies that people use to market themselves. However, when I went a little bit deeper into these suggestions, I realized that a lot of people are not suggesting what you just said, uh, like leaving a legacy, something you'll be proud of. A lot of people are suggesting just to write any book so that you can get your name on the cover, that it, it adds to your credibility. And I, I don't know, I don't think this is necessarily right, but I do think it could be a good idea if you have the goal to establish more credibility, but you also do it right. Yes. So here's here's how I think about it. The credibility and the authority and the money, they come as a byproduct of writing the book and, and doing it right. Now, some people want to shortcut that process and do it only for the byproduct. Mm. And, you know, it, the, the same thing applies like across the board, right? It's just it's a it's a law of the universe that if you do things for a certain purpose that's not aligned with the process you know you're not you know maybe you'll get the authority maybe you'll get the credibility but if your book is not up to par if your book is you know a piece of junk then the people who should really care they're going to know that you're a fraud they're going to know that you did it just for the status for the money to like get more clients and so, you know, we need to fall in love with the process before we fall in love with the outcome. So I think you will get these things like the, the authority and the credibility if you stop for a second thinking about it and you do it for the right reason. I don't think you can, and you know, I'm, I'm sure we can find plenty of examples that would, that would prove my argument wrong that you know people did it just for the money and for the status and they did they did well at the end of the day is this really is this really the most fulfilling thing i don't think so you know yeah they can get clients but is getting more clients the end all be all i don't think so i think leaving a legacy is much more important. it's like being famous on social media for the wrong reason yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, you're famous, but you're famous for something that's not yeah. very good. <laughs> and I think there's a, I mean, especially right now where, you know, there are a lot of people saying, write a book, it's going to give you authority if you're an entrepreneur, like, or have your book ghostwritten and mm -hmm. so on. Um, you know. Yeah, I that's interesting. Let's tell people what ghostwriting is. Yes, ghostwriting is where somebody else write a book for you and they put your name on it so in theory you're, you're still the author and most of the time they'll interview you and they'll put your ideas together and that's not a that's not a bad thing in and of itself i would say for example take someone like elon musk he has mm -hmm. ideas and knowledge somebody writes a book for him because he's not a writer he's not an author mm -hmm. he's not going to be one and he probably not doesn't fair. have the time to learn yeah. how to do it right to be an author, you have to have the desire to be an author. And for some people, it just doesn't make sense. And I think Elon mm. Musk's time is better spent at SpaceX and Tesla things, yeah. than writing books. So I have nothing against ghostwriting in those instances. 
Um, but you have other instances where if you only do it for the authority, and I don't think, for example, Elon Musk would do, he doesn't need a He doesn't book, need the authority, yeah. <laughs> but he could do a great deal of good by sharing his philosophy of success, for example. So I would say, yeah, have a book ghostwritten for that purpose. That makes sense. Now, I think by now, because we've been hammering on the idea that having a book is like the ultimate authority thing almost everybody every entrepreneur or like expert has a book and you know the standard has changed and the standard unfortunately has decreased and so i think the people now you know they can see i you know people aren't stupid they know what a good book is and you know they can tell if a book was half-assed so i i think today you know, and it's more important than ever to really put out, if you're going to put out something, if you're an entrepreneur, you do something for the right reason and you do it with care and you do it yeah. falling in love with the process more than with, with the outcome. And, you know, not everybody needs to be an author. I think anybody can be, and I think there's value for anybody, but it's not a necessity for everybody. So I think, I think we need to kind of like, lean back a little bit and forget about that notion that it, it uh, of authority because it's it's producing a lot of bad books frankly yeah and do you think the digital technology and the digital world has contributed to this somehow because oh for sure because back in the days the the traditional publishers you know they yeah. had very high standards and <clears throat> back in those days where you only had the traditional publishers it was it was really hard to get something out and if you wanted to self-publish something it was very costly because we didn't mm -hmm. have amazon but with amazon today and all these other self-publishing platforms you know you, you you can put out a book in no time for almost no money um and that's what's contributed to you know mm -hmm. the, the real there are a lot of bad books on amazon unfortunately in the in the self in like the self-published books because there is no there's no barrier to entry yeah and it's a great you know the, the fact that there is no barrier to entry that's also a good thing because people who otherwise wouldn't Won't have a be, voice yeah yeah now have a voice but there's also the downside that people are now treating self-publishing just as a as a as a cash machine and they produce yeah. books that really aren't up to par and you know i can respect i can respect the hustle i, I, yeah. really, I really do respect the hustle however you know and it, it's, it's more personal um i don't need everybody to agree with me on that but i i treat books as sacred i think books mm. are a form of art and a, a form of self-expression and so i think we need to treat those with respect and so if it's just the business i think we're missing out because it can be yeah. so much more and some of the stuff some of the knowledge that you have maybe better suited for your blog or maybe better suited for a course it doesn't have to be like books are not the only form of self-expression and sharing the knowledge so they've got to be correct yeah like there got to be a line or, or or something that tells you, I don't know, like an assessment or, or something that tells you for this type of goal or for this type of information sharing, blogs may be better. For that type, maybe you want to make a course. Like if 
if the information, like I want to personally, uh, I'm working on my first course. Um, I used to teach before classroom teaching. So I have a lot of experience teaching technology and business that uses technology. So I'm not teaching business for the sake of business, but I'm, I'm teaching the angles, how business changes as a result of using technology. Mm -hmm. And um, since I've done that, and now, again, the barrier to entry online is virtually non-existent. Basically, I can publish a course in a matter of days rather than, <laughs> you know, like the old style, you'd, uh, you'd wait for people to uh, subscribe or buy. And then, you know, that was offline as well. And when you have 15 or 20 people, you have a cohort, you book a place and it was like, and now you can just like put it online and they can buy it and do it in their own time. They don't even need you. Yeah. Right? But I'm thinking like my process, I'm thinking like, but I want this to be perfect. And this is making me procrastinate. And sometimes it's hard for me to make the difference between what goes on my course as a course, as something that some people would pay to learn, and what can be like a free uh, tutorial, for example, that I can put on, on YouTube. And I'm going through the process, but I never think that I want to write a book. It's not because I find it difficult, but it's because I think like, I don't know why would I write a book like that. I'm a I'm a techie guy <laughs> that speaks about online business and the internet. Why would it really people... depends on your audience? I don't know. Yeah. You know, people have different ways of learning. Some people prefer books, some people prefer podcasts, some people prefer, you know, videos. Um when it comes to what you were talking about, what makes for, you know, what should go in your course, what should go in a in a blog or a book or a free tutorial, I mean, the first thing we need to realize is that you know, when we, you know, you can give the best information for free mm -hmm. and it's not going to have the same effect as if you sell it for, you know, it, it doesn't matter. The yeah. Price, but yeah. Like free, you know, and it, it, it's part of our, you know, when you, when you start selling your expertise, you have to consider that, you know, you have to give value, you know, that's a, that's a given. Mm -hmm. We're all giving value to establish trust and authority with our audience. But we have to realize that free doesn't solve people's problems. If you if people want to have their mm -hmm. problem solved and it's just psychological, I've bought plenty, plenty of courses and you know the cheaper courses, some of them I haven't even started. Yeah, I think is the <laughs> that's not the feeling the that free the freebies that I the got. most expensive one is the one you should finish first because it hurts you. You spent a lot of money on it, and yeah. the free may be like a great course with great content, but because in <clears> your head it was free and it's always going to be there, you leave it last, and sometimes you don't even get to it. And the price is always proportional to the 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 pain and the size of the problem. Mm. You know, that's very interesting. And that's something you can consider, you know, if you want to write a book, because a book, you're not going to sell it more than 20, 30 or $30. Um, unless like you, and that's something I'm actually like considering. I don't know if I'll do it, but I'm thinking of maybe like, mm -hmm. what if you could like 
how to pack like the most value in the book and sell it for like a really high price. It's kind of just an yeah. experiment I would like to, I would like to try <laughs> Would people buy a book that's like $200, but it's like, there's so much value in it as opposed to, you know, a course, but you know, every, every medium or every format has, you know, a price. And so courses can go from, you know, 47 to like 997. Yeah. You can do high ticket. You can sell like a, a hybrid like coaching program. And, <clears throat> you know, there are like market expectations as to like how much you can, you can charge for those. So that's something that you want to consider. If you want to write, like, if you want to do like a, a low ticket item that people can get for an affordable price and get some value and it's not going to solve all their problems then write a book if you mm -hmm. want to do something that's more hands-on maybe do like a mini course that you sell for like 47 or 97 but yeah the caveat here is that you know i myself bought 47 dollar courses and you usually i buy them out of fomo <laughs> and you yeah. know i end up not even True. using them so it's like, and it's like, it's great for the person. They made money, but you know, they didn't serve me really. Yeah. And so you have to consider, and you know, the, the digital learning industry, I think is going to be like three, it's in the billions, three, $3 billion dollar industry. Yeah. Um, like the finishing rates for courses is like what? 4%. So Four? really? Yeah. So something I, like that. I didn't I, research. I don't don't quote me on that, but I think that that's what I. When read. I was in the corporate world and I was in in an e-learning company, we used to push to get past the 50, 60 percent, and we said that like the best rate that you get is sixty percent. Right. I mean, you can some companies obviously can have a higher rate than that, and also um, there was the difference between whether you had to do it like was it compulsory like if you work in a bank you have to take the anti-money laundering course so it's compulsory if you don't take it you may mm -hmm. lose your job or like not come to work until you finish it yeah and these would definitely have higher way. yeah you know now we have funnels we have social media advertising and it's really easy to scale and there are all different kinds of business models and strategies and most of the time you know they'll sell a course that's anywhere from seven to like 97 mm. and they'll upsell you. And so a lot yeah, of all the add-ons are yeah. sold for yeah. really cheap. I just recently bought a course for iPhone photography. That was $47 okay. Canadian. And I bought it because, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's silly saying that, but it was saying, you know, this is like 90% discount. It's like only for it, like, it's interesting for me. So yeah psychologically yeah you bought it because it was cheap or you bought it because you really like have a use for it well i know that i once i go through it i'm going to use it and it's going to be beneficial okay and so i don't want to miss i don't i don't want to miss out and i thought for 50 bucks huh i'll just buy it so between now and the end of january are you going to be doing some iphone photography for real oh you definitely yeah 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 <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. The part of it is I, I just got a new iPhone. So I want to, oh, okay. I bought the iPhone 12 because it has like the good camera. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, definitely. But then you see like immediately after they were trying to upsell me on the, on the, on the $500 
an editing course. And I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> well, know, that's I, a bit too I'm early good. as well. It's not, I don't think it's very well thought of because if somebody's just getting into it, they haven't actually taken those photos yet and they haven't decided what to do with the photos mm -hmm. in order to think about editing. Yeah. Like but this, that's what thought of this upsell should come in two or three months, not right away. Yeah. In their newsletter, maybe, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, all that to say is, um, so, you know, I, I bought this course and so I, I put in my list. So I have a... Um, I have like a study board and so I have my priorities because I, I do spend a lot of money on my personal development, yeah, business development. Yeah. I do take a lot of courses. And so it, it's on there. I bought it and I'm going to take it eventually. But there are other things that, that need to, that I, other courses that I need to take first. But all that to say, you know, there are a lot of courses nowadays and not everybody who buy the courses actually finish them. Mm. And so we have to factor that in when we make a decision as to how are we going to sell our expertise. And you know, the same thing is true with, with books. A lot of the books that are bought don't get finished and that's, that's unfortunate. Um, <clears throat> but you got to make sure that it's well-written, that it's compelling, that it grabs the reader, really draws them in. But these are all things that we need to consider and, you know, different format, different audiences, different prices, different results. And, you know, it's a different yeah. service that you, that you give. And so certainly yeah. books, you know, like um, the type of books, for example, like self-help books or books that teach you something. They're different from uh, <clears throat> books that they're like a story, for example, like, like Harry Potter, you yeah. know, like fiction or, so something could be used for enjoyment and that maybe when you start reading it, you get pumped up and you finish the whole book in a day or two, mm -hmm. but yeah. books that teach you something, you need time to implement what you learned. So you're going to go through these types of books way slower because you're going to stop at that chapter and try to implement what you learned yes. and then move on to the next chapter and figure out what's there. Yeah, the, the caveat though is, and that's something that I teach my clients, there are essentially four things that you're doing when you're, when you're writing. You're explaining, you're describing, you're convincing, and you're narrating. So these are the four writing goals. And any good writing does all four at the same time. Now, obviously, if you're reading a Harry Potter, that's fiction, and it's just, it's narration. Now, I work, I work with people who write nonfiction mostly. Mm. And so, but the thing is the best nonfiction books, even if it's a how to make money or like anything, like a mindset, it has some elements of narration and that's what makes great books. Um, there's, a, there's a book called The Motivation Manifesto by Brendan Bouchard. Mm. And it's really well written. It's really compelling. <clears throat> it's written almost like in the form of the U.S. Constitution. It starts with like the same structure. Mm -hmm. And so it's very compelling. And you can do that with nonfiction books. And that's why I always say that the process and the craft is so important in, in writing a book, even for nonfiction, because it's the difference between a book that gets finished and a book that doesn't get finished. And both of them will sell. That, that's interesting. Because it's it's kind of um, 
from a business perspective, it's kind of like going for the repeat business because you could you could sell the book, right? You made the money from the book. The book is sold. But if people don't like it, yeah. they're not going to be looking forward for the next one and the next one and the next one. And they're not going to believe in you either. And yeah, and they're not going to do business with you if also... If, and if you did it to get clients and get authority, well, you have not succeeded. So it, it backfires. That's very interesting. So it, it's kind of a... I'm happy I didn't jump on the bandwagon of like, hey, write your book for authority and we'll do it all for you. Mm -hmm. I, I, I admit I had a few emails and LinkedIn messages with people you know, saying we'll make it so easy to go strike, whatever. But I felt like, you know, I, I don't really, at this point, maybe later on, but at this point in my life, I don't really feel like a book would add anything to me or my audience. So like, yeah, kind of. And, you know, I, I know people who've jumped on the bandwagon and some of them regret it now. Yeah. And then I think maybe when I'm a little bit older, like I've done so much in not in business but in general like i've worked and lived in five countries i've moved a lot i've learned different cultures i've met different people so there's a lot to tell like a story but like how is that going to be useful to the reader so that's the thing like so we can tell the story maybe when when you meet somebody or you know over coffee or a drink or whatever <clears throat> But not necessarily. <laughs> yeah, well, and that, that's what the, pro the the writing process teaches yeah. you. It takes what you already have and it makes you think really deeply about what use it might be. And not all of your ideas and not all of your experiences um, are useful for the audience, but some are. And so the process, a big chunk of the process is to eliminate those ideas that are not going to be useful. Mm. And the ones that are going to be useful, how do you... How do you put them together so that they're actually useful? Nice. And I have seen something on your LinkedIn that I've seen before. Of course, I don't know much about it. I've just seen the name. So you you mentioned something called the stoic process. Yes, the stoic. The stoic. So I call my writing method the, the stoic writing method. And the okay. stoics are a group of philosophers. So it's it started back in the in ancient Greece. And um, it's a philosophy that developed over time. You also had Roman, Roman philosophers like Marcus Aurelius. And it still lives on today. You have Stoic philosophers even to this day. And it was kind of popularized and brought back to life by contemporary writers like uh, Ryan Holiday, who writes about the Stoics. And so Stoicism as a philosophy, really the gist of it is that it emphasizes detaching our emotions from our life to live better. And they also emphasize four main values and it's courage, justice, wisdom, and temperance or moderation, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so I, I chose to, to go about writing and, and call it the stoic writing method because this is really what I'm trying to do with my writing method, help people detach your emotions from the process and keep the emotions for the actual writing you know we should mm. write with emotions but we shouldn't throw our emotions in in the process and that's what makes it when we throw our emotions in the process we're confused we doubt and we have what people mm. call writer's block and so 
with my approach, we take that away and we look at it very objectively and unemotionally. And so we really take apart all the pieces of the writing process and we go about them in a way that's just very neutral, very objective. Mm. And I then- like that. And then the four values, they also come, come in. So if you're going to write something, obviously you need courage. You need to be willing to face the consequences of what you write. And if you write, if what you write has any sort of significance and there will be some sort of consequences, of course, um, <laughs> you want to be just, you want to honor the conversation that you are taking a part of. So every topic, every field of expertise is a conversation that's been going on for years and decades and centuries. So you want to be just and honor others. Um, when it comes to moderation, you know, or temperance, you know, you want to be moderate and how, and, you know, you can do that at any level, you know, and how you write, you don't want to be like extravagant. You want to be you want to be succinct and concise and, you know, not exaggerate. And then wisdom, that's the most important one. You know, the best books, they, they, they show you wisdom. And what wisdom really is, is, is just knowledge that's made universal, that can be applied in many other ways. You know, if you read an Aristotle quote, it just makes so much sense on mm -hmm. its own, stripped from its... Even context. when you don't know the context, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so it just makes you think that's wisdom. And the best books, for example, like taking something contemporary, Principle by Ray Dalio, the, the hedge fund manager, that's, that's a book. It, literally, it's hundreds of pages of wisdom. They're principles. So he's extracted the gold nuggets from his experiences mm -hmm. and knowledge and made it into a book that gives you wisdom. So that's why I, I, I strive to do with my clients. How do we extract what they have in their head and make it and turn it into wisdom? And so that's why I called, I called my writing method, the stoic writing method, um, being largely inspired by, by the stoic philosophers and, um, and yeah. I like the fact that you've mentioned taking the emotions out of the process because in and then you explained it that you still write with emotion so i this there's a bulb that went in my head here about when we used to do brainstorming like in the back in the corporate in the corporate world when we had a problem that was hard to you know fix or when we even didn't know how to approach the problem to figure out what the problem really is or where it's coming from and then we say okay the first thing is you have to do brainstorming. And when, when you do the brainstorming, you always tell people, write everything that comes in your head related to this topic or this problem. Just write it down as it is. Do not validate it. Do not discuss it. Don't, don't put your idea or, or emotions or you know the validation process into it. We'll do this later. But first, let's just like capture everything on paper. Like, anything that comes into mind that is related to where this may be or how it could be solved you just put it down then once everybody has done that correctly we start going through the validation process so it's got to be like kind of a very it's pretty much like the law like justice is blind like yeah, yeah. <laughs> the validation is the law is it legal or not legal 
It's not how I feel about this person or this issue or this case. It's practically just about the law. Once you've established that, you can go on in the next and bring all the emotions into it. And, yeah. and that happens in court when, when they actually argue the case. Yeah. But <laughs> so there are steps to the writing process and there's a sequence to these steps. And it's basically like, I don't know, just an analogy. If you're running a, if you're running an ad campaign on Facebook and it's not working, then you have two choices. You either freak out or you mm. look at what the data is telling you. Yeah. You look at what the data is telling you, you're going to know what to do and what to fix. So that's great. Freaking out is not helpful. And then if you get emotional about what the data is telling you, you probably won't take the right action. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so the same thing applies to writing where, you know, and I understand, for example, like some people are writing about like their personal like story. And so there's a lot of emotion. However, you can still take away the emotion from the process, which is to say that you have to think through your ideas. You take the mm -hmm. steps in sequence. And then if you get stuck writing, then you have to go back and look at this. What, what did I not do or what did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. um, but you first need to know the steps and the sequence and how to go about these steps. So and, and then in this case, it doesn't mean that it's going to make everything like easy peasy. Yeah. But the problems you'll encounter will be normal and not manufactured because if you don't know the process, you know, you'll have a lot more obstacles. Of course. I mean, it. it I like that. It, it kind of <laughs> translates even into what I do because when, let's say I'm building a website for a business owner and they're passionate about their business. They're passionate about what made them choose that specific line of business, and they're good at what they do. So there's passion and wisdom there, right? But yeah. as you're building the website, there's a process that we have to go through in order for us to move forward and in order for this website to be a success. These steps, the actual process has to be a neutral, like an emotionally neutral in the sense of, as an example, when a piece of content doesn't belong on a page, it doesn't belong on a page. It's like there's no feelings about it. There's no hard feelings. It's like um, <laughs> what we were discussing earlier before I pressed record. Yes, your your web page, you know, and yeah. you said that, you know, you and it's Stephen King, the uh, the famous writer, he has a phrase for that. He said, he says, kill your darlings. And it's very hard. And, you know, your editor... You know, exactly. I looked at my web page and I'm 100% sure it has so much text on it and good business practices and good web practices tell you people don't read, people scan websites, yeah. right? So if they're going to scan, why do you give them like the full details of everything in there? Just give them the important pieces. But since I was so passionate when I wrote this, I felt like I'm not the right person to axe it and to slim yeah. it down and, and make it quickly scannable rather than something to read. And, you know, so I turned to a professional editor and said like, hey, I need help with this and please be brutal. Like, I'm not going to get angry or upset. So there's no emotion. Take the emotion out of the equation. Just get it done. Yeah. And there, there are really two ways to take the emotions out. 
um, either you do it yourself and you take a step back. Sometimes it might it's very involve hard. taking some time <laughs> away from something so that you can come back with a fresh look or you have somebody else do it. But in either case, you need someone who knows like what the steps are, what the sequence is. So it's either you or it's either someone someone else indeed yeah because if you if you seek the help of somebody who doesn't know much about your industry they may take something out that is the heart of what you're trying to convey as well it's like leaves it leaves a lot to be desired yeah exactly excellent so i have no more questions and i think uh, <laughs> we've covered a lot about writing not necessarily books but about writing in general and um i'm glad that we're discussing this because you know i do know that many business owners toy about the idea of writing a book uh, and if it's not a book it might be the idea of writing in general and we want to encourage people to write but we want them to write right yep <laughs> yep couldn't say it better it, it reminds me of my French days when we used to say, I'm very, very, don't, I'm very, very. It was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you had this in Quebec, but we had this in our school. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't. It was to teach people the spelling because it was, I'm very, very, don't, I'm very, very, like, go figure. <laughs> yeah, we had similar things. We had similar things. Yeah. And thank you very much. And it's very interesting also to, to know that... Um, you had the passion to write in another language. Yes. And, and that's, that's like, people don't get it. I mean, like, many people probably don't know that, you know, uh, we have two languages in Canada and um, Quebec is very, very French. Like it's kind of, you know, it's very hard to do well in English in Quebec. You have to work a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can attest to that. And uh, yeah. And certainly one of the things um, I wasn't aware of that some universities teach in English in Quebec. Yeah. Like McGill. <laughs> yeah, McGill, Concordia, Bishop's yeah. University, which is in, um, in uh, it's near Sherbrooke. So there are three English speaking universities in Quebec as far, as far as I know. So there is some help if you want to write in another language. <laughs> sorry what was that there is some help if you want to write in another language yeah yeah well i mean there there, there are some options at least so i i studied at concordia which is one of the the english-speaking universities um so yes there there are some some options nice i like that because we were all about you know uh choice and uh exploration and this is something that i encourage everyone to do and uh Definitely one of the things that's still on my list is visiting Quebec because I haven't done that. I'm guilty as charged, been here for about five years and haven't done that. <laughs> <laughs> but I blame Air Canada for being expensive. <laughs> it's true. It's, uh, you know, from Quebec, it's almost like, it's almost the same price to go to Europe than to go like on the West. I know. It, like, it's what so you funny. Gonna do? And if you're not alone, like I want to bring the whole family and if you're not alone, it's just like, the, the the cost just to explore Canada will equal the cost to have a holiday outside. And the pre-COVID days, 
Kids yeah. would always choose somewhere warmer. <laughs> oh yeah, it's pretty prohibitive. Not gonna lie about this. Where? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's your chance now with COVID because we can't really get out. You can't go anywhere else. Yeah. I hope the ministers did this before they went outside. Thought about it this way. <laughs> Thank you very much, Leandre. It's all right. It's, it's my been pleasure. A pleasure Thank you for having me. Having this conversation. Have a great rest of your evening. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye.